and welcome back to the Kickstocks Football Weekly Podcast. The name is sticking around for the foreseeable future and we hope that you do too because we have an action-packed pod to bring you today. The rip-roaring season continues with goals galore still flying in at record rates. A not-so-El Clasico for Ronald Koeman and his men and should Schalke already plan for life in the Bundesliga B? All that and more in this week's pod. So, football, 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 wall-to-wall football, Vic, football. there is nobody better to discuss it with than you, my friend, so it's great to be back in the studio with you That's and recording kind. this pod. How are you doing? What's going on? Yeah, good, good. I feel like it's been a while. Last week, uh, of course, we couldn't make podcasts because uh, I had to go in quarantine mm-hmm. after being in touch with someone who got tested positive, yeah. but uh, luckily nothing uh, with me, so negatory. Th- yeah, luckily you're, you're fit and healthy. Yeah, this Being a strong, strapping man that you are. Just can't handle me. My no. body's just too strong. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, and also, obviously, you did the sensible thing uh, and and obviously stayed in quarantine for a little bit. So we had to postpone the pod. But now we're back. You're good to go. And uh, we, have, ever. we have got quite a bit of football to get through. So hard to know where to start sometimes. So I'm going to put all my faith in the Kickstocks database. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, you being... The player expert of the two of us. Uh, where do you think we should start? What I mean, you, I think for me? there were there are quite you know some some notable games this yeah. weekend with uh, uh, Dortmund against uh, Schalke, mm-hmm. uh, Bayern against or sorry, um, uh, Barca against Real. Yeah, Clasico. And Clasico, but I'd actually like to start at the most at the most um, strange, interesting result of the weekend, which was Ajax's record-breaking victory over VVV Venlo. Mm. 13-0 they won away. I mean... Unheard of. It's a jaw-dropping result. And I was, I was watching it with my housemate Marlo uh, at the time. Well, he was he was watching it and I was I was busy doing some work because, um, you know, as much as I like following LVZ, it didn't sound like the most enthralling game. But every two minutes that was going by, goal, another goal, oh, that's a goal. Oh. And literally thirteen uh, nil. Yeah, it's a record in the Eredivisie. The, the the previous record was twelve one, mm-hmm. also from Ajax uh, when they beat Vitesse a little while ago. Yeah, uh, so but this is just insane. You know, they came from a Liverpool loss midweeks against Champions League. Yeah, um, it's always it's always you know interesting to see how a team reacts back in their local league, especially if they have to play a smaller smaller yeah. team like VVV. Yeah. You can often see that these teams tend to slack because they lose focus. But I not Ajax this time. They just kept on going and going and going. But let me let me ask you: Are Venlo really that bad? Are Venlo well, that were, bad, or does does no, the scoreline I mean, not flatten? I mean, Venlo at VVV they always they're they're one of these clubs where it's tough to play against because of they have you know the fans and right. They so they're, they're a bit really like a unique stadium where you have to walk down these concrete stairs really steep. So they're they're like the Dutch equivalent of a Stoke on a rainy Wednesday night. Yeah, maybe, well. A little bit, a little bit, uh, but obviously without fans, you know, it's it's like a little training uh, ground. Um, so that didn't influence the result. But I mean, they were absolutely abysmal this this game. Mm. There was there's just no words how, how poor they were. But you know, on the other hand, Ajax just kept on going. You think at maybe four or five nil, they take the the foot off the pedal, yeah, foot off the gas. 
to uh, but they just kept on going no. they kept on yeah. pushing no relentless and uh, as any winning team should be um in a wider discussion then, what does this mean for the Dutch Football League, its marketability, its reputation on the international stage? Because, you know, you get these kind of freak results sometimes in Bundesliga when Bayern play sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people use that as a way of prodding the Bundesliga and saying, this is why the Bundesliga is never going to be one of the top two, or even maybe top three leagues, because uh, there's such imbalance between the teams. Yeah. You think that's a similar case happening here? I mean, a lot of people say, you know, it's a great result. Uh you know, Ajax just you know it's it's good for uh, for others to see Ajax win thirteen zero. But I I don't think it's a good it's a good development for the Eredivisie. It just shows that the Eredivisie is you know as as they say a Mickey Mouse league, a league which doesn't really matter if you can win thirteen zero against uh, a fellow a fellow uh, club in the Eredivisie. That's just it just looks like a joke. It looks like an really amateuristic. So uh, I'm not sure if it's it's a positive development. I mean, me as an Ajax fan, I'm happy with it. But yeah. for, you know, if you, if I look at the Eredivisie as a as a whole, I don't think it's a good thing. Players are not going to want want to come to. Maybe they'll come to Ajax still, but not to like lower tier teams. Yeah, and be like, whoa, you know, yeah. is, is the level this low yeah. in the Eredivisie? Yeah. So it's uh, it's not a it's not a great 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 point. No, and from a kickstocks point of view, then. Uh, uh-huh. How has this affected the player ratings specifically? Well, I mean, this was, I mean, the big man at Ajax side was Lasina Traore. He scored five goals. He gave three assists. You know, to be to be involved with, in eight goals is just in, insane. He went up 75% on Kickstarts. Mm, wow. Uh, I mean, you had p- people like Jurgen Ekelenkamp, you know, a talent who's, who's, who's climbing up the ranks at Ajax right now, especially after Donny van der Beek moved on that midfield, um, who scored two goals as well was really involved in the attacking play he went up 48 percent uh Huntelaar went up uh 20 percent scoring two goals it's good I mean, and and of course the keeper of VVV Venlo Delano van Krooy he had probably the worst game of his life oh, having man. to fish the the ball 13 times out of the net yeah <laughs> uh, you know you, you essentially have to retire him from the platform almost I mean, almost <laughs> his price went you know he, he, he's, he's a fairly new keeper and fairly new player on the exchange as well so his base value isn't, it wasn't that high to start off with mm. but you know having to concede 13 goals you know our, the Kickstarter algorithm almost didn't know what to do with him but he dropped almost 90% um um, and yeah, that's just a tough game. I mean, Christian Koum, who got red carded, also doesn't help when you play Ajax. Uh, also dropped fifty one percent. Yeah, uh, just a poor, poor game. And uh, I think, uh, I mean, interesting to see. It was ten years after the famous uh, PSV win over Feyenoord ten zero, exactly. which was the last double digit win yeah, in exactly. the Eredivisie. So that's quite a coincidence. Uh, but not really great promotion for the Eredivisie. No, Do you there was there was sorry there was this one thing in the uh, in the in the match. And I'm curious to hear your opinion about it. It was I think eight or nine zero, and uh, Ice got a penalty mm. or seven or eight zero, and uh, <laughs> lost count at that point. Oh Nana, he really wanted to take the penalty. He's like, you know, this is my chance to score a goal. Time to shine. But Huntelaar, he said, no, I'm the penalty taker on the pitch now. I'm going to take the penalty. What do you think of that? Because mm. there's 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 mixed opinions. You know, one say, oh, come on, who cares? Give the guy his goal. You know, he's never going to have yeah. another chance like this. Yeah. And others say, you know, it's really disrespectful to the other team if you, you know, if the keeper starts scoring goals as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's, there's uh, no, that, controversial there's, opinions. There's definitely so. aspects of that. I think... Um, people who really understand fans who understand the player mentality and strikers 
it's easy to put yourself in Huntelaar's shoes. And, you know, any great striker, they people always talk about the fact that they're greedy, they're hungry. You know, they always yeah. want to get their numbers up at any cost. So I can understand from Huntelaar's point of view why he wouldn't want to let um, the keeper take uh, Onana take the penalty anyway, regardless of the score. Because obviously Huntelaar wants to get his numbers up. You know, he wants yeah. to be seen as one of Ajax's greatest strikers of all time. So goals contributes a long way to that. In terms of disrespect for the other team, I can kind of understand that as well. But at the same time, you love football because football's filled with crazy moments just like that. And actually, if, if your keeper's pretty good at taking penalties anyway, uh, as we've seen previously, you know, and I don't know that, um, I think, uh, is it Edison has taken penalties for City before? Or was it Joe Hart had to take a penalty? Hans-Jörg Boot for Bayern. Hans-Jörg Boot for Bayern. Very famous penalty taker. Yeah, there's been, so there's been a few. Um, they say that keep, the keepers are one of the best, uh, they have the best uh, yeah. kicking technique in, in the whole team. Yeah, say. And, and probably a lot of them don't take penalties just because of that of that uh, general mentality, you know, like, oh, the other team might find it disrespectful or it's just an unorthodox thing to do. But if the keeper's good enough, why not let him take the penalty? I don't, no. see, I don't see a problem with that. I don't see it being any disrespect. I mean, you, you never step up to a penalty if you don't think you're going to score it, surely, right? Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So I would have liked to have seen it. <laughs> But yeah, Lasina Traore definitely the MVP of uh, of the whole match round, which is uh, not strange. You know, uh, five goals, three assists. Delano van Croy definitely the LVP. Uh, but there are there are definitely another couple of uh, strong performances across the, the European leagues. Yeah, who else? Uh, I mean, last week? you know, I hate that we always keep on bringing up the same names uh, all the time. But yeah, I mean, there's a reason for it, though. Exactly, and you know, if you look at the stats, the, these are the, top the stats don't lie. Mm-hmm. Just like your hips don't lie, the stats don't lie. My hips never lie. <laughs> and I know the kick stocks stats do not lie. In okay, let me guess. Are we going to talk Robert Lewandowski? Well, we are. We, well, let's talk Robert Lewandowski. Uh, went up 19.1%, scoring a hat-trick. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't have words. I don't have words of how good this guy is. He just keeps on scoring. No, no. We, you know, it's, it's almost getting boring. It is. It really uh, is. The week before, when they won 4-0 against... I forget who they played. Um, or was it again in the Champions League? Yeah, against Atletico, sorry. Oh, that was it, yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah. Atletico. He didn't score. No. And but that shocks me more than if he scored a hat-trick. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. For sure, for sure. But then if he's not scoring, you know, Coman stepping up, Nabry stepping up, Goretzka scoring Goretzka goals, stepping up. Müller's always there to score goals. <sighs> so the whole team just pitching in. But yeah, yeah you're right, we've covered the Bayern story so many times. We know they're a great team. So let, let me guess who else is on the list. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Well, definitely Zlatan Ibrahimovic. The I man. Mean, 39 I mean, years old, scoring two goals. Um, and good goals as well. Like the first one, people say it's an easy goal, but... I don't know if you've seen it, the, mm-hmm. that goal when mm-hmm. he when mm-hmm. he you know it's a ball from Leao in there. Yeah. And he, it's really he needs to be really flexible to be able to to, yeah. to make that first touch, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's really skillful and people underestimate that 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 Zlatan still has that flexibility and that skill. Yeah, it's great. To, 39. To and he, he's always had that flexibility, hasn't he? He's always yeah. been a player that can just score from any angle, any kind of position. Mm-hmm. But he, he yeah, he nails it. Um controversial though in that game. He went I wouldn't say he fully went from hero to zero, but he had for the third goal for Roma, the 3-3 to tie it, he should have defended the cross, the corner coming in on the first post. Yeah. And he tried to clear it and sliced it and led to the goal. So Zlatan... Um, the hero, but the also... Hero. 
not the euro but also partly the zero the zero mm. but i mean you know it's i think it's great to see milan up there in the in the top spots it was their first uh, first, first loss or first non-win non-win <laughs> i guess you could say <laughs> first yeah. non-win yeah um and you know M- milan's such a big club they deserve to be in the, in the top ranks i think they you know if you look at their their overall squad it's it's a couple a uh, couple levels below you know the inters and the juve if you look at the the quality yeah. of the squad but let's hope they can surprise us. I mean, they have uh, a couple of top players in in, in, in their keeper, Donnarumma, Romagnoli. Top of the Serie A. Top, top of the, the Serie A. Yeah. 13 points. Milan are back. And it's good to see Juventus lingering down in fifth place with nine points. Hopefully, we get a really exciting title run this year in Serie A. Yeah, and I, I, I truly hope that Milan can... Uh, AC Milan can, uh, can, can fight for it as well. Fight yeah. for the Scudetto. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another usual suspect is, of course, Sergio Ramos. I mean, how much was he missed? Oh, this guy is, is you know, 34 years old. What a beast. I mean, obviously, he scores the goal. You know, he he um, he wins the penalty. But, I mean, also his other stats. If you look at, you know, he had four clearances. He had uh, a blocked shot. He had two interceptions, three tackles. Uh, he won seven of his, of his duels. Three, all three of his uh, aerial duels. He lost possession only three times. Um, had a passing accuracy of 95%. I mean, this guy is the complete package, still at 34 years old. Still and banging him in. I would even say, I definitely would say he's still the best defender in the world. Yeah. In, a, in another life, this guy could have been a striker, almost, couldn't oh, he? Oh, for he's sure. So powerful in the air. He's got crazy goal-scoring instinct for a centre-back. Uh, I think he's, I don't know the stats exactly, but he's, he's one of the highest-scoring centre-backs uh, ever. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, we talked about a couple podcasts ago. He has more goals than Zidane uh, yeah, for in yeah. the league. So, I mean, it's so pivotal to that team. What is up? Uh, how have you made of Ronald Koeman's start to life at Barcelona? What do you think is going on there? I mean, I, th- I feel there's so much going on yeah. in the in the, in so, the back chambers of, of the Barcelona five, office. Five games in, seven points, 12th in the table. That's not somewhere you usually expect Barcelona to be, even no. after five games. Um, no. No, it's uh, I mean it's it's shaky. It's shaky. Mm. I, still, I think there's a lot happening behind the scenes that we don't yeah. see. Yeah, for sure. Regarding, uh, I read today that uh, that Bartomeu that there's a petition going on in Barcelona from the socios mm. to uh, to remove him from his post. Early. Yeah, I remember hearing about that over summer, um, and ultimately it came down to him taking the initiative and actually resigning. Yeah. But then you know the strange thing is that if he gets uh, removed, that he still has the power to. Uh, Replace himself with an interim board mm. until the elections of twenty one, mm. uh, uh, two thousand twenty one. Ah, interesting. Okay. So I'm I didn't not know sh- that. You know, so the incumbent can't just come in, no, and replace him straight away. Not until uh, the elections are, are actually he, taking place. Okay. So okay. he still has that power, you know. So yeah. Is he so really, really what removed? does it change? Mm. Yeah. Exactly. What does it change? Yeah. But I mean, Ronald Koeman. I mean, I'm surely he's hoping for. A, he was hoping for a better start. Uh, losing to Real is not a. I mean, no shame in that. No shame but, in that. But, but as as a Barca fan, that's the team you want to beat, isn't it? Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the few highlights is Ansu Fati. Ansu Fati, crazy uh, this, this season. Messi's not been the Messi we know. No. Uh, Griezmann is still not there, as people, you know. No. As you'd hope. And I, you know, PK. I think this should be his last season at Barca. He's getting too old. Yeah. He's getting too slow. That whole team needs a revamp. That yeah. whole team needs a revamp big time, and it's going to take a while. And I, I, I could, I could see Barcelona going through a period now of what Manchester United had to do when the old guard had to leave. Maybe not as long. I don't think they're ever going to wait. You know, like six, seven, eight years for another title. It's quite long, but it is is a hell of a long time. But 
in terms of a rebuild, just how drastic it is, and also problems that are going on behind the scenes with the board, um, I think there's a lot of parallels there. And Barca, I think, are going to take a bit of a time to really uh, renew the team and renew the confidence from the fans in the board as well and, and to, to get the fans back on board with really uh, getting them pulling in the same direction and believing in the kind of direction the club's going in. So it'll be interesting times. Be interesting. So do you think uh, Messi should leave at the end of the season? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think he will. I think yeah, I think he was well, yeah. but from a Barca fan's point of view, you think? Oh, from a Barca fan, you, you never want him to leave. No, but for the greater good, you know, if you th- if yeah. you know, if you say we yeah. re- we need to rebuild and there's no room for 34, 35 years old. Yeah, no, 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 I, no I, I, I'm I'm a firm believer in if a player wants to leave a club, you should let that player leave the club because no player is bigger than a club. The only exception might be Lionel Messi. The ah. only exception because Lionel Messi is Mr. Barcelona. Without Lionel Messi. Barcelona are a diminished club for sure. Yeah. Um, in terms of brand, but also football potential. Um, but if he doesn't want to be there and his heart's not in it, don't keep him. That's, that goes for any player, in my opinion. So when yeah. when there was talks of Paul Pogba wanting to leave Manchester United as well, and it divided the fan base because all the fans were going, oh, you know, but we have to keep him because he's our best player and he's our star signing and we're so much worse without him. And I was just thinking, well, you know, he's a great. There's a great player in there, but if he doesn't want to play for the badge and doesn't want to commit himself every week, then there's no point in having him there because you're just carrying a passenger oh. at that point. So, yeah, I, I reckon he has to go. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I agree with you. I think... Um, I think Only he, because he's going to City. Only because he's going to City. Go to that's City. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, you know, it's, uh, I love Messi and I, I've always been a firm believer of him, you know, ending his career at Barcelona. Yeah. He's such a Barcelona it's, man. It's a real shame to see how it's finished. I mean, you know, he's still one of the best players in the world. Let's not forget oh, that. Huh? Yeah, if not, if not the greatest if in not, history. Yeah, but that's you know, but this season, I still think he's you know he'll yeah. always be one of the one of the best players. It's just expectations are so high for this guy yeah. that if he doesn't score five goals in two games, that people think he's he's playing yeah. shy. And 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 Barca and Real fans, let's be honest, they're fickle. You know, they're yeah. they're, they're so spoiled. They've been so spoiled throughout their histories because they've been the two greatest teams in Spain that. I feel like they just come down really harshly on their players sometimes, yeah. especially when they're performing badly after two, three games. I, mean, I remember the Madrid fans booed Ronaldo after he'd gone three games without scoring a goal. Disgraceful. I mean, really that, disgraceful. And, that, and that's only because of the standards this guy had set himself yeah. where you expect him to score every game. But to boo your, your best player like that. And, and the Barca fans will never boo Messi, but no. I, I do just think, uh, in ter- like, look what they did with Coutinho, look what they've done with, with countless players down the years. Um, I just feel like they need to understand that footballers at the end of the day are just humans and they're not robots. You know? Exactly, exactly. But moving on to the Premier League. Moving on to the Premier League. I mean, the big game, uh, of course, was uh, uh, United Manchester United versus Chelsea. Crap. Uh, not on. the best game. <laughs> One player I do want to highlight is is Thiago Silva. I think mm. he had a he had a great game. Mm. You know, obviously, he, he kept a clean sheet with the rest of his uh, Chelsea defense and goalkeeper. Uh, but I mean, you know, he had six clearances, uh, two blocked shots, two interceptions, two tackles. Um, One uh, two thirds of his of his of his duels. Lost possession only six times. 95 touches, you know, was really involved with the play. He had 12 long balls. You know, a solid, solid game from Thiago Silva, which is good for him because he didn't have the best start at Chelsea. 
Uh, yeah, shocker you know, in his debut. I, I always have sympathy for this guy. I've always liked him. Yeah. Never, never been. Uh, you know. No, no, no. Model professional. Exactly. So, uh, uh, you know, it went up twenty-seven point seven percent on his uh, Kickstock's value. So definitely one. Uh, well, what did you make of the game? And and can, and a follow-up question: <laughs> What on. is going on with Donny Van der Beek at Manchester United? Donny Van der Beek needs to get off that bench and he needs to get playing right away. I I thought the PSG game was a game just made for Donny made for that guy oh. and Fred and McTominay start ahead of him uh, I've got no problems with Fred I really like Fred but McTominay he got subbed after 50 minutes 55 minutes I think uh, for Pogba coming on and I don't know what's going on with Donny I, I don't know is he not good enough maybe he's is definitely he? good enough no he's definitely good enough and the fans are calling for him to start the problem is, is is he is a player that naturally replaces Bruno Fernandes who's probably the best player in the team yeah. or Pogba who's been out of form. So you'd think he could play maybe in Pogba's role as an eight. I even thought, you know, Juan Mata played the right side of a, of a front three, but he would cut inside most of the time. So he wouldn't really be providing width. That would be provided by Juan Bissaka. Um, I think Donny could have played a role like that even. So I don't know if it's a management technique from Solskjaer because he thinks he's a new boy on the block, so he doesn't want to put him in the squad too early or what it is, but... Uh, that guy needs to play and Oli needs to get his head out of his ass and get him off the bench in my it's opinion. It's crazy, right? It's mad. It's uh, it's nuts. It's yeah, nuts. But but know, I, me as an, as an Ajax fan, as, you know, I'm, it's painful I'm, to watch. But I'm starting to doubt as well. You know, Maybe this guy isn't good enough because mm. obviously the differences in level of Eredivisie and no, Premier League is dude, massive. Never doubt. Never doubt that man, that boy, that kid, <laughs> whatever you want to call him, he is by far good enough. Every time he comes on, he injects he does something, far yeah. more pace into the play. One-touch football, creating space. He, he's, he's dynamite, so he has to play. Um, you know, put yourself in Oli's shoes. Who do you take out? What is your midfield now? Well, so Pogba got dropped, right? So uh, Pogba got dropped. So naturally, who's the next best replacement? Donny van der Beek. But he puts in McTominay. McMayonnaise. McMayonnaise. Good old Scott McMayo. So, I mean, I wouldn't play him in the six. I think he'd be wasting the six. But ideally, you do maybe... Fernandez, Donny, and either Matic or Fred holding. Or if you wanted to really switch it up, although Donny's never, um, Oli's never going to do this because he loves the front three. You could do a diamond, where you could do um, Fred or McTominay, uh, Fred or Matic as holding, and then Pogba and Donny Donny. either side, and then Bruno at the top of that diamond with maybe two up top, and then Rashford, Martial, Rashi, Martial, something like that. You could do something like that. Cavani making his debut. Cavani making his debut. Did you see his, did you see his first touch of the game? Yeah, it's almost, almost a goal. A goal. Great goal that would have been. El Matador. Right? Yeah, El Matador. Coming con el fuego. <laughs> uh, but sadly, no. Um, he didn't, he didn't, um, he didn't uh, make too much of an impact on the game. Uh, but I'm sure there's a lot more to see from him anyway. Uh, uh, long story short, United should have. Uh, United did enough, I think, to win the game, but they were just unlucky. Um, what about West Ham City then? 1-1. Uh, I just wanted to raise it purely because is this going to be another is this going to be another season where Liverpool don't win the league purely because they're the best team they just win the league purely because everyone else around them is meant to be challenging them it's just crap yeah maybe I don't know what's going on with, with City these these past few seasons two seasons actually yeah uh, because you know the season before that they were undefeatable hmm. they were and you know the two seasons before that one was the record breaking 100 point season and one was um, uh, well the other one they also won the champion of uh, the Premier League um, no so I think City last uh, you know this two seasons before Liverpool were champions they were just you know they were untouchable almost mm. and I don't know what's happening it's just like I feel like the, the fire is, 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 is going out is Pep losing his mojo I think I think no but I think it's the you know 
there there will always be outliers and exceptions, but I I, I think that a manager should never coach longer than than five six years, four mm. or five years actually, mm. because players need new motivation, they need new different, impulses different and voice. energy, uh, you know, to stay motivated. And yeah. obviously, Pep is one of the best motivators in the world, and people mm. you know players really want to play for Pep. But maybe that's you know also also counts for a manager like him. Yeah. Um, that that these players to you know for. For Champions League games, they'll probably you know still be motivated as ever because that's their dream goal to to win the 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 the, the Champions League, the cup with mm-hmm. big ears, um, as we called in the Dutch. cup of big ears. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, for for Premier League games, and you know, they they might not be as motivated anymore, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So um, Pep has never been known for his defensive clout. Uh, he's always been known for you know great expansive tiki taka football, um, but he has come out this season and basically said the defense isn't right it's it's not at the levels that he wants it to be yet he's already spent about four and a half four hundred million pounds on defenders since he's been Manchester City manager yep. eight defenders later almost I, I think it's something like six of your record last eight record signings have been defenders um, does that mean Pep Guardiola's failed as a manager in terms of his recruitment in that department Oh, I definitely think there's something wrong with that defense because you cannot spend that much money and change your center back lineup every year or your or your wing back lineup. I think the wing backs are steady now with Mandi and uh, and Walker, um, but still, you know, I like Ruben Diaz. I think he's a great defender. Top Looks notch. like a solid buy. Really a solid buy. But I mean, it, it's the money they've spent on these defenders, like players, especially players like Mangala mm. or Otamendi, mm. uh, Stones, even you know, yeah. How can you not see that these guys maybe well, do not have the potential? Jao Cancelo, by the Jao way. Cancelo. I mean, this guy for me was probably, you know, one of the most exciting players in the Juventus team when he was bought. Um, yeah. And then he comes into City and barely plays. And then when he has played, he's played as a right winger. Yeah, is, it's it's crazy. And uh, so I I do think uh, Pep he misses that that uh, maybe he's too attacking. Uh, his vision is too attacking. Maybe. Yeah, um, but you know, uh, interesting that Everton lost their first game, and it's funny because the second most MV or LVP of uh, this game week came from an Everton, uh, came from the Everton side, Lucas Digne. Lucas Digne, and uh, uh, both him and Richarlison now. This means uh, are going to miss the Manchester United game coming up. So that's really good for you. Oh. No, but uh, Lucas Digne, you know, the the <clears throat> the red card was uh, pretty controversial. I thought. I think there's some um, some debate about whether it should have been given or not. I think, you know, if you look at the images, it should have been given. But uh, Dean, you know, he just had a poor game. He uh, he only had two clearances, zero blocked shots, zero interceptions, zero tackles. He got dribbled past four times. He won zero of his ground duels. Wow. Uh, he lost possession 27 times and fouled three times. Um, he had zero accurate crosses, zero key passes, uh, and dropped twenty five point one percent. I mean, this guy had a poor game, and it's not—it's unlike him because for the rest, he's having a magnificent season. Mm. Do you think Everton is this just a blip in the road? Could Everton go on to challenge for the title this year nope. with Ancelotti at the helm? Nope, 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 nope. I don't think so. Uh, 
But then again, I would have said the same thing in 2016 if you would have asked me about Leicester. But mm. uh, but I then think- again, that was one of those crazy seasons, again, where Leicester not only won it because they were a consistently solid team, but all the other challengers around them had horrendous seasons. I think well, their their Chelsea- main challenger was che- Tottenham Hotspur. That's it. Chelsea finished somewhere like 10th. United yeah. finished 8th, I believe. City finished 3rd that season, or maybe even 4th. Yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool weren't even in the top 4. Uh, it was Arsenal and Spurs in the top three. That says enough. That right? says that says it all. So, but it, it it the way it's shaping out now, it almost seems like it's shaping into one of those seasons again. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, because because City are, City are thirteenth right now. Yeah. United are languishing in in fifteenth, uh, <laughs> which is which is not fantastic. I mean, you've got Chelsea down in tenth, Arsenal in eleventh, um, all after five games. Only only Liverpool are in the top four in 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 uh, second place of the teams you would expect around there and Spurs in fifth. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. I hope so because, you know, I, I love surprises, especially in the Premier League. Yeah. It's, it's just, it has something magical of a team who you don't expect wins the league or wins exactly. something. Yeah, it'd be nice. Same in Champions League. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think Liverpool will, uh, they're such a mature team. Yeah, you see it in the in their Champions League win against Ajax as well. Yeah. It wasn't great. Ajax no. could have won no. with the chance they got. You know, they got unlucky. Ajax got unlucky with their own goal. Yeah. But um they're just they're so mature and Klopp just knows, you know, that's the difference between City City players and Liverpool players. You see that the Liverpool players are still motivated to play. And I feel at City at sometimes you miss that uh, you miss that motivation. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with the manager. Yeah. Um but one last thing about the Premier League. And that's the deadly duo of Harry Kane and Hung Min Son. Wow. Because they linked These up guys, again. Um, they are on fire. I mean, as Son scored uh, the winner against Burnley uh, this uh, this this match round. But these guys, can't, they're, they're like glue. I mean, they are other. hotter than a pair of twins in spring break, I tell you. I mean, they are just on fire, these guys. <laughs> <laughs> they have... They are the joint most second. They are the joint second most prolific combination in the Premier League history with twenty nine goals. Twenty nine goals already yeah. in it's history. Crazy. Wow, what more than Andy Cole and Dwight York? Yeah, and you know, uh, only Chelsea icons DJ Drogba and Frank Lampard have combined for more goals than Son and Kane with thirty six goals, and it's only the beginning of the season. Does that make Spurs title challengers this year? No. No, so I don't not. think so. I think I mean they were in good form, but you see that. I just think the depth of their squad is is too little. So I hope I hope they can do well. But if something happens to Son or Kane or one of the other strongholders of that team, and I you know it will, the replacement, you is, know it will. It, it it's it's a long season. Spurs are going to peter out by December, January, and Mourinho will be out of a job by summer. That's my prediction. That's a serious prediction. Thanks for that, James. You heard it here first. So, uh, a very popular segment and a jingle that we had last episode was Vix Tips and Tricks. Vix Tips and Tricks. <laughs> Have we got any more Vix Tips and Tricks for this week, Victor? Well, I mean, who? Champions League is coming up, of course. Um, so, who would you be looking to put in your portfolio for this week? And you've also got some Europa League games coming up, too. Let's uh, not forget. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. But... Um, I mean the big the big game. I mean obviously tonight there'll be games, but this podcast won't be out tonight. So uh, let's talk about tomorrow games. I don't I don't know if the podcast will be out tomorrow. Either. Probably not. <laughs> we'll see. So, if, um, we'll see if the uh, if the little elves in their uh, podcast making factory uh, get productive. 
tonight and tomorrow. I mean, it's interesting to see that the the, the leaders of all uh, of the four big competitions, you know, besides the Eredivisie, are interesting ones. You have AC Milan in Serie A. You have Sociedad in Spain. Yep. Um, you have, I think, Leipzig in Germany. Uh, this guy Nagelsmann. I think this guy is the best trainer out there right now. And he's he's younger than some of his players. He's 33 years old. <laughs> Which is just wild. It's just insane. And it's he's, crazy. he's also the first coach who has an official Nike sponsorship contract. Does he? Yeah. Wow. Since uh, recently. So he has to wear all Nike, of course. When, Good man. When, when, on the bench. Sure he's not complaining. But I, I, I mean, I mean they, this, this guy is making his team play fantastic. And I think Leipzig has, a, has an amazing team. They are, they are the perfect example of a team that matches the culture of their city. You know, hardworking, industrious, high energy just work rates, understanding that everyone has to work as a team and no one is too big for the shirt or too big for their role and just a perfect unit, a well-oiled machine. I actually think, you know, it's it's more than that because they also play incredibly attractive football. Yeah, for sure. For incredibly sure. attractive and attractive football. Their team is in, in, in... I've almost never... Well, I have, but this season it's probably one of the most balanced teams I've seen mm. in, in their defensive uh, capabilities and their attacking efforts. Mm. It's 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 you know credit uh, credit uh, where credit is due yep. uh, when it comes to Nagelsmann. Tips and tricks. Um, I think you know uh, if you look at the Bundesliga, uh, Erling Haaland still top one. Obviously, it's an easy one, but it's uh, it's it's this guy is uh, a scoring machine. He's <laughs> he's kind of a strange guy, I have to say. <laughs> he's kind of his way of. Hmm. Doing and and cheering after goals. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's somewhere, just, uh, somewhere, it's, it's quirky. Yeah, yeah. He's he's an interesting fella. He's unique. He's very special. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere on the footballing spectrum. Anyway, no, but I think for you know for me now the focus is really on the Champions League. I think Juventus Barcelona is going to be an epic game. Obviously, you have Pjanic playing against his old club. Hmm. Ronaldo not not going to be there due to the coronavirus. Um, Which shame. Which is a shame. Uh, obviously, you would have loved to see Messi versus Ronaldo, or at least you know them giving each other. Oh, they can't give hugs anymore. Yeah, they don't do that. They don't come up. Maybe, they, maybe he'll invite him around for dinner, like he said he would at that. Uh, he's got to do it someday, FIFA right? FIFA Ballon d'Or uh, event a couple of years ago. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. Uh, I mean, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting one to watch. Well, that was it. That was uh, Vic's uh, tips and well, tricks. I really love tips, but next time there'll be more tips. I promise. Cue the jingle. Tips and tricks. So part two, uh, now traditionally we're going to bring you uh, either a debate section or just a topic of discussion. Uh, so the, 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 the prompt for this week, and as many of you will know, uh, if you follow Bundesliga avidly, or if you follow this podcast even, we, 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 we mention this team a lot. Uh, and it's safe to say that we don't speak about this team in any high praise whatsoever. Uh, and with good reason, because... Look, let's be honest, uh, they're a shambles. I mean, they are crap. Um, and so it's led us to, to, to motivate us to offer a prompt this week and ask you guys, the listeners and the fans, is Schalke Football Club officially the worst team ever in the history of the top five European leagues? And can you name any other teams that can parallel their awesome success in being absolutely crap so um how did this how did this prompt come about vic 
what, well, what spurred this? We, we saw, yeah, well, we saw, obviously... <laughs> Apart from our track our, record our, our for, usual bashing for slamming <laughs> Schalke. No, but I saw this, this stat come uh, come by the other day, and it's, it's it was about the current winless runs in the top five leagues. Schalke losing again to Dortmund, of course. Um, it's as any, everyone or anyone could expect. But their current... Well, let, let me start, you know, with, with for example, uh, you know, Fulham are fifth on that table. Uh, of uh, teams with uh, the highest winless runs, they have eight games without winning at the moment this season, combined with uh, last season as well. Yeah. Next is Sheffield United with nine games, which they haven't won. Then Torino also nine. Köln makes a big leap there to fifteen games without winning, Win. and then Schalke this season have twenty-one games without winning. So six games higher than the next. It's incredible. Best records or it's, worst records. They just thrashed that record. So it's it's absolutely unbelievable. And um, look, I I don't know what it is. It's 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 almost painful to see now at this point because as much as we enjoy bashing Schalke, they're a big club. Yeah, you know, true. huge stature in Germany. Great big fan base. Um, they should be doing far better than they are. And if it weren't for their amazing run of form at the beginning in the first half of last season, um, you know, they probably would have been relegated towards... Most the, definitely. Yeah, uh, last season. Um, it led to Wagner losing his job, um, a coach who came in with a fairly decent reputation, you know, having kept Huddersfield in the Premier League for two seasons, which is no mean feat. Um, so... I mean, what is going on with Schalke? I mean, probably one of the only other teams that I could think are equally as bad. And they didn't go on as long of a winless run, apparently. But uh, Derby, Derby Football Club. Um, in 2008. 2008, exactly, in Premier League, when they finished with 13 points in the league. Uh, absolutely shocking, shocking. I actually team. think it was 11. Was it 11? Yeah. Even worse. Um, yeah, shocking performance from the team. Um, they, so had, they didn't win a single game in 38 games. Mm-hmm. And actually, that means that Schalke could very well go on and blitz that record. They could Derby. obliterate it. They could, they could smash it out of the park. You know what? So, Schalke fans, Schalke fans, if you're listening, one thing you could support your team on is only 17 more games to go and you could go a full 38 games without a win. And that, <laughs> and that would be one hell of a record in itself. That's, something, that's something to cheer about. No, but, that's a, you know, that's a, but I think you also have to compare it with, you know, Derby County is, you know, it's, it's a club... Mm. A, the Rams. An okay, club in, in you know if you look at the England English ranks, but Schalke mm. is a massive club in Germany. Huge. It's a huge club with a big history of winning prizes, of you know winning the league, winning European uh, titles, uh, competing for European titles as well. Uh, so just to see the demise of such a massive club is way more uh, impressive to me, impressive in a negative sense, than Derby County not winning for thirty eight games, for mm. example. Yeah, because so, they were total underdogs. Exactly, but let's you know, it's 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 a sad story. But you know, it's a, it's an entertaining one, but it's a sad one for me. It is um, most consecutive league games without a win, thirty six as a joint record. Derby County, obviously two thousand seven, two thousand eight, but also Macclesfield Town League ah. two. Yeah, uh, longest run without home win, Sunderland Premier League in two thousand sixteen. They went. 364 days, almost a full calendar year, without a home win. Sunderland till, till I die, right? Sunderland till you bloody die. Um, nah, it's interesting, but, you know, 
at one point you 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 also want to see these clubs you know <laughs> football is is emotion obviously but just to see only sadness at these fans in these fans it's it's heartbreaking but this is the thing about football as well isn't it because football is like 99% <clears throat> sadness and heartbreak and crushing defeats not winning trophies and then it's it's only really the elite few that actually win trophies and, and have something to celebrate at the end of the season unless you know like a lot of teams are happy staying up or finishing mid-table but but you're right you know life as a football fan can be tough and you don't you don't always choose your club the club chooses you and you know you've got to feel sorry for Schalke fans right now I mean is it is it players is it a player personnel thing you know I actually think it would be a good thing if they got relegated because it you know it forces them Just to totally restructure hit the reset rebuild, hit the reset button and you know get all the, the bad apples out of there uh, which have which have brought the club to such a low point <laughs> I actually want to finish off with a little riddle. Go on then. Uh, it's a who am I? And I have not discussed this with you before. It's going to be a thinker. So uh, mm, okay. I'm going to say it slow for the listeners out there. And I can also, uh, I'm going to post it on our Instagram as well. I like that. If, uh, I like that. If we get any responses. Okay. Also from you. So let's see how, uh, let's see how uh, astute the listeners are and how well they know. Their who am I? Are you ready? Go on. James, Kevin R. Go on. I have played with Zidane, Messi, Eto'o, Figo, Balotelli, Forlan, Beckham, and Sergio Aguero. And Sergio Aguero. I was managed by Roberto Mancini at some point. And the season after I left this Premier League team, they won the title. Who am I? Huh. Can you name the list of players again? Zidane, yeah. Messi, yeah. Eto'o, Figo, Balotelli, Forlan, Beckham, and Aguero. Beckham. It's going to be Thinker. So it's going to be someone who's played for... Either played for both Barca and Real, because obviously the highly established list of names, and someone who's maybe Italian... Potentially, because the Balotelli link, or someone who's Argentinian and has played with Aguero Messi, but also played for Real Madrid and has played in the same club as Balotelli, or played for City. Oh God, Yaya Toure. <laughs> that was a quick one. Is it Yaya Toure? But it's not. Uh, but I'm gonna let you think about that one. Okay. Okay, I like because, that. Uh, I'm not sure you're gonna get in this. Uh, so can I? So, so can we? Can we check back in next podcast and I try and give you, I try and give you my answer. Absolutely. Okay, and we see if anyone out there actually gets the answer as well. I'm gonna post it on Instagram, and if you get the answer, then we're gonna give you a nice shout out next podcast. So. Cool. We give them a nice shout out. Uh, speaking of shout outs, any like battles that need to be? Well, we have an FC Den Bosch battle coming up oh, for uh, okay. all the FC Den Bosch fans. FC Den Bosch. It's, uh, it's gonna it's gonna go up next Thursday. Cool. Uh, we have always Champions League battles coming up. Uh, James, you and I are making our video debut on Friday. Is this, are we allowed to talk about this? Uh, yes, is this, is we this are. Not NDA. Okay, this all right. Is not NDA. We're no, gonna, we are. Uh, We're getting so our stay tuned for that. Big actually. beautiful faces on camera. Who said Which is, that we only have radio faces or podcast faces? I think I said that. Oh. <laughs> you you might you might be right in this one, but you know there's only one way to find out. There is. So stay tuned for that because uh, you're gonna see us live in action. Whether they want to or not, it's exactly. gonna happen. 
So, uh, but on that note, that's that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Yes. Yeah. So it's been fun. It's been good. I miss you, bro. I miss I you miss too, you. man. I miss you too. I miss you too. Uh, until next week, Vic. Yes. Take it easy. Later. Later.